Hello, and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business, and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. This episode is sponsored by Fastspring, the full-service e-commerce solution that enables software companies to sell more, stay lean, and compete big. Find out more on fastspring.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Ian, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jack. It's been a, a little while since we've spoken. I think we've both had, mm. both had some time off, haven't we, before September came round and the kids are all back to school. But yeah, no, I'm doing good. Just about keeping on top of things, I guess. <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Um, it's same, really. Uh, we took, uh, me and my wife took sort of two weeks off before uh, the schools went back uh, just to spend with my daughter. My son was has now gone back to nursery. My daughter hadn't gone back to school yet, so we wanted to take a bit of time off just to spend with her because I think out of the two children, she's probably suffered the most because, you know, my son is a lot younger. He's only a year and a half, so it's, you know, he gets more of the attention uh, focused on him, as as is the way. So it was nice to spend yeah. a bit of time with her specifically, you know, for a couple of weeks, um, you know, sort of dodge the rain and everything. But ultimately, we got to spend some nice time with her. And it was actually, I've been working half days, and I've said this since the beginning of uh, April, but it was really nice to have two weeks off. It actually felt like a an actual break. Uh, and I came back feeling refreshed, which I didn't think would be possible, um, having had sort of such sporadic it was such an odd year you know obviously for everybody um so mm. yeah it was quite it was quite nice really it was well like i say refreshing and did you uh, got stuff how back did, into work again i was gonna say how did you manage during those two weeks with like the plug-in and support and stuff did you dedicate a bit of time in the evenings or did you just was it a quiet period could you just go down like zero computer time uh yeah no not zero computer time and i do use computer for other things you know um I've got a, a, a Mac Mini behind me that you know runs bits of my house and does stuff like that. But um, so it's, it's never like completely hands off. But uh, I, in terms of like support and things like that, um, I, I just kind of check on it. It all comes through. I've got uh, Todoist is my to do list manager program, and everything that's support related comes through to there. So whether that's a new priority support ticket or an update or a new forum thread in WordPress or, you know, like pre-sales question or something like that. Everything gets added as a, as a thing in there automatically. And when that comes in, I just kind of look through the list on a daily basis. And if there's anything really pressing, then I will kind of have to address it as soon as I can. But if there were any tickets uh, that were already open, I sort of let them know a couple of days ahead of time, like I'm going to be off for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, please bear with me if you don't get a response kind of quickly. But I think I checked in about like sat down at my computer to deal with support about three times for maybe less than an hour in those two two weeks. And I had plenty of messages to get through. It was just, I was fortunate that I could, I don't know, I was able to sort of, I don't know, bat them away. Some of them bat them away. Some of them solve work quite easy to solve if, you know, you just have to answer a question. It doesn't involve anything to sort of investigate, you know, any kind of developer time or anything like that. Um, it was okay. Um, and then in terms of emails, I just kept on top of that by checking it. And, you know, a lot of the things I get, are like you know things from github or um a client i work with i'm part of their they use jira for uh, as part of bitbucket for their you know support stuff and uh you can just kind of view it and delete it and know okay i've got stuff to look at in jira when i get back that kind of thing so um it wasn't too bad actually it wasn't too bad um i think I, the more time i take off the better i get at dealing with how how to go about support and emails and things like that so and I think this year for me has been quite good at enforcing that because I've had to take time off so yeah mm. yeah nice I I think we've even spoken on the podcast or privately around your, that to-do list or to-doist sorry um kind of like fire hose of all of your support related channels and just talking about it then made me think that like I do need to perhaps look into that because on the one hand having like a big big to-do list potentially might be stressful for me to to sort of have it all there in one place but on the other hand having it all there in one place is a good thing because at the moment I've got like two help scout accounts 
that one I have to open in Safari and one I have to open in an incognito browser because you can't have multiple account logins and they're just set up separately. I've got the forums on WordPress.org and I've got emails for both Integrate and WP user manager like for pre-sale stuff. So it's actually really hard keeping a track across all of that, like what's open. And yeah, just thinking, having that sort of to-do list or to-do list um, master list would be quite helpful. So I guess you only tick it off, you tick it off manually once you've physically replied to the customer or whatever, rather than there's no other further automation there. It's just it automates getting in the, in the list. No, that's right. Yeah, once I've replied, I took it off my list, and that's that. Um, I I think it's important to break it down into what your tasks actually are. So, you know, some people use their email inbox as a task list. Other people will have, you know, a to-do list uh, app. Um, I try and make sure that I break it down kind of that one step further. So if it's a task, as in something that actually requires my attention, something that I have to do, then it will be in Todoist. Mm -hmm. If it's an email, something I have to reply to, like communication correspondence, then it's an email and it's in my inbox. Um, if it's something that I need to attend or you know I've got something booked in for a specific day, then it will go into my calendar. And in my mind, those three places are, yes, they are, they're all things that need my attention. They're all actions, actionable things, but they are separated out into kind of you know events tasks and communication mm. and I find that that's I find that that means I don't just get huge amounts of emails into my uh inbox because I, I don't know, I don't know about you but you know if I come in on a Monday morning and I check my email and I've got 50 emails from since Friday afternoon or something but half of them are just alerting me about things that could have been easily put in a to-do you know list then I think, oh, 50 emails. You know, going through 50 emails, just, you know, first thing on a Monday morning makes your heart sink. So I would prefer they were appeared in my to-do list, which I can then move into different days and all that sort of thing. And whilst emails try to kind of do the postpone this to tomorrow, don't show me this right now, that kind of thing, yeah. I don't think they've really done it right yet. And that's why I feel it's better suited for a to-do list. And app. it depends on your client and everything, your email client. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, which and I'm still searching for the perfect email client, by the way. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a tricky one. But uh, yeah, to, it makes sense to me anyway. It, it, it makes sense to me. I'd love you to open source whatever code or whatever sort of program that runs all of that, because obviously you must have integrations with RSS feeds, Help Scout potentially if that's what you use, Gmail, whatever, and then Todoist, and those are all the things I use. So if I can. If I could steal that in some shape or form, that would be pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, sounds it, like I a mean, good blog no post. Sort of secret. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Um, it, to be fair, I'm not using anything really custom. Uh, the only thing I'm doing is I use Awesome Support on my website for support tickets, and then they have hooks that I can use so that when you know a new ticket is created, I then send that off via um, a web hook to Zapier. So, yeah. uh, and I use Zapier for controlling everything because it's just easy. Uh, gotcha. um, yeah. for doing that and uh, and when I was looking for a to-do app I used to use things for Mac which was great but they didn't have an API and I tried a few different ones but to do is have an API and they've got a Zapier integration and I think they've got if this and that you know integration as well and that was the important part for me it had to have some way of like connecting services so um, it made a lot of sense and actually it's nice to do this is a really minimalistic kind of app it might not be for everyone especially for you you're more of like a power user of to-do items and things but actually i i really like it yeah i do too yeah especially after wonderlist got canned so yeah yes um, yeah it's true this wasn't a topical conversation in true were pressing matter fashion but it's, it's still interesting to me but um i guess the biggest thing that's happened since we've last spoken is wordpress 5.5 has come out um yeah which i thought was quite nice to just have a quick chat about because it's it seems like quite a major release, especially for developers. Again, like I think that is, there's a couple of releases recently that have been um, pretty focused on developer experience and, and things that have just been bugging people for a long time. And obviously, users are going to uh, benefit from them. But from from like a plugin support or a plugin developer point of view, like the ability, what's the, it's you can now update. Uh, plugins by uploading a zip file 
which yeah. is that's that's such a well, it's it's great in the first instance, but it's also one of these things that's like, how is it taking this long to do it? Because you know, you're only going to be in the past adding a new plugin via zip, and then you'd have to have the update mechanism or update upload the files via FTP or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But doing it through the zip, that's amazing. I love that. But it is, yeah. And I think yeah. the track ticket was open for that for years and years from what I read. Um, I did try that yesterday and it didn't work for me. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not quite sure what the problem was, but I was trying to, I had a plugin that has, you know, um, <clears throat> it's a premium plugin that had a, you know, a license key and it should auto update, but it didn't want to update for some reason uh, via WordPress. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go to the website. I've got the li- my license is active still. I'll go to the website. I'll download the zip file for that plugin, and then I'll upload it via there. Just you know, just to test it because I thought I haven't done this before. I know that was a feature, and I tried it, and it just failed. And it de- it it uploaded it, but it didn't activate it. So I what I I couldn't work out what the issue was. I wondered if it was like the folder was called something different because I downloaded it from their website or something instead. And maybe that's mm. why the update mechanism didn't work in the first place. And then because there was some sort of like class conflict, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't enable one over the other. So it was a bit of a pain really. But um, yeah, first experience of it wasn't wasn't wonderful. But oh, hopefully other people good. have had good experiences. Yeah. And then we've got auto updates for plugins and themes. So Yeah, and I have seen that in action. I get emails you, about that. Are you turning that. that on for clients or, or are you still a bit... Or, okay, I'm uh, not sure if you'd manage yeah, the sites I mean, for clients so, like that. Some, some of the plugins have had that for a long time. So things like Gravity Forms has always had auto-updates. Um, well, not always, but you know, it's had it for a while. And in fact, when the 5.5 came out and it exposes which plugins have got auto-updates switched on, um, then I noticed it said you know it was already enabled. So instead of enable auto-updates, it says disable auto-updates for that plugin. So I th- I haven't switched it all on yet, but only because it almost like a lot of people do when they upgrade to the latest version of Mac OS, they always wait for the point one release to yeah. get rid of all the bugs. Um, and I'm kind of waiting for that really. When 5.6 comes out, hopefully it'll be well tested by then. I might enable it then. Yeah, because WordPress 5.5.1 is, is out. and But I think that was mainly to... Well, is that to fix? Because the other big thing, well, the other thing that it's not a big thing, but it's had an impact, is the um, the removal of jQuery migrate, the scripts mm-hmm. that would kind of backfill a lot of functionality, and then they re- removed it, and then so many plugins relied on jQuery dot live or you know sort of d- deprecated. Um, functions that jQuery migrate mitigated and allowed to use and then suddenly mm-hmm. taking that away exposed a load of plugins that were just kind of broken from a front end uh, jQuery point of view mm-hmm. but I think five point, either 5.5.1 I need to check that or 5.5.2 is going to be kind of rectifying that because I think they've realised how massive a, an impact that's had because God knows how many plugins there are and how many are using jQuery and using potentially the deprecated functions so mm-hmm. they, I, I assume they're adding another backfill in, but yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. It was an interesting one, actually, because I, when I upgraded five point to 5.5 on one of my client sites, um, they couldn't do things like add a featured image or load anything from the media library. Um, oh, right. And clearing their browser cache fixed that. But it made me wonder if there was also a load of changes that went on under the hood that made WordPress more compatible, uh, you know, with jQuery core as opposed to needing um you know jQuery migrate as well so because it, you know why would it why would they not work all of a sudden if yeah. if you just upgraded jQuery those function those functions are already there always been there so unless jQuery migrate was removed from the admin and they certain core features relied on them and then it suddenly needed you to refresh them to you know, get the latest JavaScript to, you know, clear your browser crash to get the latest JavaScript because they've changed how they do things like set featured image and stuff. I don't know, but yeah, it was just a bit of a weird one. And it wasn't a loan actually. The next day I did it with another client site and the same thing happened, but luckily I knew what to do. So I'm just trying to find some, some um, references to it in the release guide, but yeah, uh, strange. Yeah. What else? What else did they do? Lazy loading images. 
Yeah, that's, that's a huge good. one actually. That is good. Yeah, and yeah, there's a there's a load of things that have come in that feel like they're they're not crossing over, but they're replacing stuff that had been added by third party fun- uh, plugins, like big mm. one sitemap XML, which is historically you know you'd need a, a, a SEO style plugin like Yoast to to, mm-hmm. to add that XML sitemap functionality, and that's now a core feature. And lazy loading images. I'm sure there's a bucket load of plugins that, that added that lazy loading functionality. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's good to see that WordPress core is like realizing where things are essential for sites in today's world and sort of for modern browsers. And um, but it's it's also interesting to see that yeah, plugins plugins out there are becoming kind of like redundant because of it, which is you know always a always a worry i guess yeah yeah absolutely um i suppose they can just like with all things wordpress improve on it so you know you'll get plugins out there that will improve the permalink settings for example um yeah you know and there are plugins out there that will probably do a much better job of lazy loading i know that lazy loading is kind of starting to get integrated into browsers like chrome added it a little while ago things like that like natively um yeah. if you've got a certain tag or something on your images so you know there's i think there's plenty of room for development there and and obviously wordpress has this um historically they they don't do something kind of in a fully featured way they almost leave that to the plugin community which is good you know it, it means they, they're not taking things away from people i suppose there are just some plugins that may have to adapt a little bit to um yeah you know, handle that if they do it differently or something. Um, I did see that on a plugin that I use. I think it's Auto Optimize or something that does native lazy loading. I think they were looking to integrate it with that or see how they can adapt it and so on, um, yeah. so that it doesn't break. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. It's it's good. It's um, it's nice to see. And if I'm being perfectly honest, it should have been done a long time ago. Things like that. You know, they they there are big things on everybody's websites. You know, uh, there are a handful of plugins that I'm sure that most people install, and lazy loading has got to be in the top ten, in my view, um, yeah. of things that people install if they care about site speed and all that sort of stuff, and why it isn't been built into core when you just insert an image onto the page. I don't know, but um, but it's welcome in my view. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we were going to talk about um, your latest launch, um, yeah. weren't we? So you've been yeah. you've been very busy. You're a bit on fire, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> you seem to be uh, kicking out stuff at the rate of knots. So it was dopeycontent.io. Yeah. And now there's Plugin Rank, which is which I've been using for a little bit, and it's it's brilliant. So um, yeah, I, I think you should chat me through. Or, uh, you know, from your perspective, what you're doing, but also, you know, let the listeners know what you've been up to. Yeah. When you just said you're on fire, all I could think of was that gif of the, I can't even know, don't even know what the cartoon is, but that person sitting in a house fire just going, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's actually what I feel like rather than a, uh, being, you know, doing loads of things really well. But yeah, no, <laughs> WP content obviously was done. And then <sighs> plugin rank was the, is, the app that I've been talking about on the podcast from a kind of a semi-obscure um, way of talking about it, that it was my distraction thing that I just started to build because it's effectively scratching my own itch. Um, so yeah, it, basically, because I've got two plugins that are on WordPress.org, they are free plugins, but they have their freemium. So they have a premium, either Integrate has a, a pro version which replaces the free version and WP user manager has the add-ons. So they are like a big part of my business, but getting users to use the plugins and potentially upgrade to potentially buy the add-ons or, or change to the pro version. Like that, that marketing channel of wordpress.org plugin repository is, is quite a huge, um, it's, it's a huge channel of traffic and users and potential revenue. So, um, it kind of came about because I, I'd been doing or I'd been involved in a piece of work with Delicious Brains where we were trying to optimize um, the readme.txt file, the text file for um, WP Migrate DB, which is similar, has a pro version. And we're trying to optimize 
the README to rank better for certain keywords. So, you know, you've got users who have got a WordPress site or they're thinking of using WordPress and they want to search for a plugin that does database migration, for example. They'd go to WordPress.org, the plugins page, and, and search for database or database migration. And, you, you know, you, it's very much like Google. You get 20 results or top, top 20 results of plugins. And then you're going to pick from one and you're probably going to pick from, you know, more than likely the top five and have a quick look and, and, and then install it. And it's the same thing within your WordPress dashboard. You know, you're going to add a new plugin. You can search and it searches WordPress.org and it will bring back those same results. So, you know, it's always been a thing with people wanting to kind of improve their SEO in the WordPress search repository for their plugin. But when I, we started to optimize our README, um, we kind of set up a, a spreadsheet to list all our keywords that we were optimizing for that we would hope that people would be searching for. And then basically note down in a column for each week going forward what our position was in that ranking so we could see if we were actually improving positions. Because, you know, you're going to start optimizing the keywords. You're going to start making the README... Um, have more occurrences of the keyword or or you know the, the whole optimization piece with the goal to actually make it appear higher in wordpress.org's or search algorithm as it were i mean it's it's an algorithm it's not exactly google's algorithm but it's still an algorithm that you can improve with certain things certain mm. um things you can do to improve um, on your ranking um due to the factors they take into account which is like keywords in the description, keywords in the um, FAQs, keywords in the change log. Um, how up to date is it? Does it get tested? Is it tested with the latest version of WordPress? Um, but it, it quickly hit me that this like spreadsheet and remembering to go click through to the WordPress.org search results with for each keyword and then go down, count what your position was, mark it in the spreadsheet for all these. Like we had thirty keywords, right? And doing this every week just seemed like really like a waste of time a waste of valuable time even though the results to 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 actually track and see if you were improving was valuable because you could then if you weren't improving you could go back and tweak your process your optimization but if you were improving then you were onto something and you could potentially do it to other plugins and stuff so the, the piece of work was valuable but the time around it was just like oh come on this is this is mm. not good and can i not build something to do this and it was only when i started to like think right well this optimization piece needs to, i need to do this to my own plugins like I, for example integrate is an instagram wordpress plugin right and mm. if you search for instagram it was like maybe 15th so it was it maybe it was on the first page but i was like i could get that higher i could i really like those are what people are going to be searching for if they want an instagram plugin they're going to be searching for instagram so i need to get it up higher and as soon as i started to think let's do this optimization piece for my own plugin that I could not be bothered with the manual spreadsheet. And I just thought, look, the API is available. Um, the WordPress.org plugins API is a public API where you can send it a search term and you will get a result set of plugins. And from that you derive like the top one, that's number one in the rankings kind of thing. So I just thought like, maybe I can just try and connect all this together, like put, maybe make some sort of simple search tool app not search tool but like a a, a rankings monitor um that you know i knew full well that there's loads of seo tools out there for google things so people who are trying to optimize their websites for higher positions in google results for certain keywords they they input their keywords they input their urls that they want to rank for and it tells them every month what their position is and you know how you're doing that kind of thing so why not try and build something similar for WordPress? Uh, even if it's just a case of I'm going to use it and it's going to be helpful for me and, and just see what happens. But it, it kind of slightly snowballed into a full-blown SaaS app that other people are using. It's got paid. It's a paid app um, because, it's, you know, as I see it, it's a valuable kind of piece of the marketing puzzle for WordPress plugins and freemium WordPress developers. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. and it kind of... I don't know how long ago was it was when I first started doing it, maybe August, early August. Um, it quickly snowballed and I released it on 
uh, no, it must have been July I started working on it, but I re released it at the start of August. Um, and and it's been going good really ever since. And and obviously thanks to you for sort of beta testing it and because BNFW is the same situation, you've got the, the freemium aspect to it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's good. I mean, anything you want to specifically talk about or know about it? I you know feel like I've given a, a bit of a sales pitch, but yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I think you've um, you've clarified you know um, the problem, uh, the solution, you know, a use case uh, for yourself for integrate, and you know, and it's great. And and having used it, you know, myself for a little while. Um, it's been really helpful. Um, I like the, um, I had it set to weekly. I've now changed it to monthly just because I'm not seeing a, a huge difference in the number of like ups and downs that I'm getting on a weekly basis. But I was getting a month, I'm now getting a monthly email, you know, from Plugin Rank yeah. that tells me, you know, where my positions have moved up and down. And that's really helpful because it keeps it in my mind, um, uh, you know, that. I need to do something about this or I need to have a look at this again or whatever. And I, and I really like that. Otherwise it just kind of ticks over and yes, it accumulates that data, but unless you're actively checking on it or you've made some kind of an effort to check on it regularly, it's a nice little reminder. And I've got a few mm. things like that from a few different kind of services. So that worked really well for me. I'm really a, kind of appreciate that feature. Um, it's, it, it's just such a useful thing. I mean, there's, there's nothing, out there at all really that does that especially the competitor stuff um and it yeah i, I, ju I just don't know why it has i mean, I, mean yeah, I don't know why it hasn't been done before but i'm delighted that you've you've done something about it and you've recognized it um and especially you know going off the back of the experience of what uh, you were doing with the spreadsheet in for delicious brains you know that's that's just brilliant you know and Obviously, I started using it, but the fact that you've got paying customers as well—that's a nice bit of validation because it's you know a lot. As I know from you know releasing my plugin recently, which we'll talk about in another episode, you know it's nice to get that validation that people are actually gonna gonna use it, want to use it, are using it after you've released something, and you're not just sat there twiddling your thumbs waiting for you know your first customer. So that's really yeah. good. I, I think that's a big that's a big sort of worry in terms of building. Like if you start, if you sit down and you're building something because you want to sell it and you want it to make a, 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 an income, you're almost, if you go into sort of a new product with that mindset of like, this is here, this is because I want to make money, you potentially are going to build something, spend, sink a lot of time into building and a lot of money potentially into building something and then it not make money. Whereas if you go around, a, around it with from the perspective of like well i want to build this because i know i want to use it uh potentially other people will as well i mean there's this whole thing where you should validate the product up front you should build an or put a landing page out get an email sign up try and spread the word before you actually write a line of code because if there's no audience for it if there's no market need for it then is there any point doing it and I, like, I always want to try and do that, but part of me thinks, especially with some products like Plugin Rank, as you said, nothing really f existed. I mean, there is some other another service out there that does kind of stats based on uh, your WordPress.org sort of public stats, um, and there is mm -hmm. a keyword element to it, but it's not quite the same SEO monitoring, um, ranking, and um, tool for that thing. But because Plugin Rank, in my mind, seemed to be like the first to market, I didn't want to put a landing page out there and start asking for signups and asking for something when potentially that just like gives gives a big um, megaphone to to the to the world or it's maybe a bit over over the top. But and somebody else then get to it first. Like I wanted to build it and I wanted to release it um, and and have that kind of impact at release. But knowing that it was at least going to be a tool that I would use and I would find helpful meant that I I felt more comfortable sort of sinking some time and effort into it without validating other people would pay for it. Um, mm. But it, it sort of turned out well at, at this point in time. It's not it's not exactly huge. I'm not going to start um, you know stopping other other projects, but it's it's an, making enough money at the moment to, for me to warrant like adding more time and energy into it and. Like last week, I added this competitor tracking 
func uh, feature to it and that had been requested and it had been on my sort of top priority list but knowing that you know i'd got was getting paid monthly users paying for it um meant i just thought i yeah i can i can spend some time doing this um mm. and it, it, that's a really cool feature because like you know at the moment you can you add your plugin and you can add keywords to rank to to monitor and by default it will kind of add your plugin tags as initial keywords to track because the assumption is your tags that you've added are the things that you want to be ranking for because tags have a have a weight within the algorithm in, um ranking factor um but it's like you know you you're not in an ice in an island it's everybody is around you potentially doing the same thing optimizing whatever and you've got competitors that are ranking for the same keywords and they're moving up and down so the competitor tracking allows you to say right here's my plugin with my five ten keywords whatever let's add five um, competitors and plugin rank will track their positions for the same keywords and then kind of chart it all together and put it in a table of data so you can see who are the better performing keywords like uh, sorry who are the better performing plugins who are the plugins that are moving around the rankings recently like are they doing stuff what um what sort of stuff are they doing therefore to their readme to make them boost up um so there's like there's almost a, th a three stages I'm going through for with the app. The first stage was just to get this monitoring functionality down, so you could not have to use manual methods. And the second mm -hmm. one is then to like give you more insights to what other people are doing, um, so you can then respond and uh, try and tweak your marketing efforts. And then the third one is, which is down the line a little bit, is giving you much more actionable insights to how to optimize. Because at the moment, you know, that part of the process is outside of plugin rank. You know, you, you've got to go away and tweak your readme copy, um, try and optimize it for keywords and, and do some other things to improve your rankings. And plugin rank will just then monitor your results. But there's definitely a, a, a piece to be added to it, which is like an SEO optimization aspect to say, right, for example, this, this competitor has a very high density of keywords in their readme like maybe you should be thinking about getting up to that level they've got a higher level amount of reviews try and improve that aspect um just stuff to to give you more insights to then how to optimize um so yeah it's 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 going to get there slowly i guess but no it's 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 really nice to have it out there and um get it validated and 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 use used yeah, absolutely. On the um, that was my my think next thing I was going to say actually is um, <clears throat> obviously you know I've got plugin, I've got competitors, I've got keywords. They're all being tracked, um, and and I can see the differences between the two very easily. Um, but having some kind of you know um, proactive you know SEO suggestions for my readme would be really helpful and i suppose you could automate that to an extent so you could say take five metrics or you know the five things that you may track you know for every plugin and then look at some kind of comparison and make a suggestion and it could be you know really basic at first like your competitor your main competitor who's like say closest to you in some way or at the top or wherever because you, you might be you know, you might be in position number one versus your competitors. You might be in position number three and you want to get to position number one. You could compare it somehow and say, oh, this this competitor name uh, has a higher density of this keyword. Maybe try doing something with that. And you could have a series, you know, like a, almost like a to-do list of things that you yeah. could do based on, on yeah. you know, your uh, your competitors. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and there's, there's a few things, you know, there's, like you say, that keywords, you know, you could be, um, kind of fuzzy matching keywords you know you could take one keyword and then like look at say the top 10 keyword um, plugins that also have that keyword what keyword do they have how can they you kind of push that back into um, some kind of su suggestion for your plugin that kind of thing because sometimes it's very difficult to know like you know obviously one of my keywords is emails because better notifications deals with the emails within wordpress but is it email or is it emails? Is it emailer, emailed? You know, what what one is going to get me 
the better ranking what mm. thing are people actually searching for um, well so yeah so yeah. just kind of some suggestions around all of that might might, might be yeah uh, might be useful uh, were you about to say then that actually they kind of if you've got email then all of the variations of that word are covered well i mean i wasn't going to say that but yes probably because the search algorithm isn't isn't exactly um that advanced i don't think so if you've got if you're you know if you're searching you're ranking for mo for email emails will probably get you covered as well but i was going to say more around like the search intent of of users and mm -hmm. the biggest issue really with the wordpress.org as a search engine is that we've got no visibility of search volume so you and me are like you know we, we kind of know what our plugins what people should be searching for to get our plugins like it's it, it much easier for for the, the instagram plugin because i know people will be using instagram or instagram embed or instagram feed or you know variations around that to to what they would be searching for to then get my plugin but if you're not sure about what the best keywords to optimize for or to um to really see what users are searching for you don't have the ability with wordpress.org like you do with google to use tools to find like search volumes to then really understand the best keywords to be optimizing for it, you it's all a bit of a guesswork i think mm -hmm. um and that is the only downside of building an seo tool for wordpress.org because you don't have you don't have all of the inputs and outputs for like search volume um i don't know if you saw the other day Alex Denning from Ellipsis Marketing. He's been on the show, friend of the show. He, mm -hmm. um, we've been talking around plugin rank because he, you know, as a, a WordPress marketing agency, Ellipsis, they they deal with um, optimizing marketing channels for WordPress plugins and WordPress products. And part of that is the README TXT file. You know, trying to get ranking higher rankings. So he, he's been, we've been talking, and he's been sort of thinking about how to kind of solve the issue of like the lack of clarity or visibility around search volumes and trying to um because you know you're not going to want to spend all your time optimizing for a search term that nobody is searching for that is the biggest issue um so he's developed a spreadsheet um that basically you, you can put in a list of keywords and the issue not the issue but you have to have that keyword list up front. So, you know, either from your tags or from something, a list of keywords that you think uh, you want to be ranking for and you think people are being searching for. Mm -hmm. And his spreadsheet then um, adds, so say, if, for example, it's Instagram, his spreadsheet then adds loads of variations keywords to it, like WordPress Instagram plugin or Instagram WordPress plugin. Sort of changes, adds, um, WordPress or plugin and creates these this results set of keywords that then you can use um, in almost like a, a Google search volume because the assumption there is whatever people are searching on Google are potentially the same type of things people would be searching for in the WordPress plugin repo so it then mm. takes that you can take that list of keyword variations like WordPress Instagram plugin Instagram WordPress plugin Instagram WordPress put it into another tool that you might be using for your own content marketing that has Google search volumes and then get the volumes for those keyword variations pop it back in a spreadsheet and then it strips it out into strips out the duplicates and sorts it by the keyword volume from Google to then give you a basically like a priority listing or ordering of the keywords that you originally put in to just to show you which keywords you should be focusing on when it comes to optimization because you don't want to be fo focusing your efforts on something that has potentially a low search volume but it's just mm. making that connection between google search volumes and what we assume then are the similar types of volumes not volumes but similar types of priority of keywords that are being searched on wordpress.org so it's, yeah. it's a bit of a halfway house but it's better than not having anything um so I'll link up that spreadsheet in the show notes because that's that's quite a valuable tool and it, it's a valuable tool to do to use if you're not even using plugin rank like at this point in time two separate things but if you just want to optimize your plugin uh, in the WordPress repository and you're not using plugin rank then 
you, you know you can still use the the spreadsheet to try and prioritize the keywords to optimize for but it's something that i'll be adding as a metric to plugin rank because it's kind of data i can i can get from other sources in terms of the search volume and do the same um computation that uh, alex's spreadsheet does to then sort of say right in plugin rank here's your plugin here's your 10 keywords here's the metric of maybe priority uh, the importance the ones that have got the higher search volumes in google and then you can then you can start thinking right well that's the one i really want to focus on when it comes to doing some copy tweaks or whatever um, so hopefully over time plugin rank will become more fleshed out more insightful um but yeah it's it's still a side project obviously at this at this stage but yeah it's good yeah i'm, I'm glad to no that, that sounds great sure. yeah no that sounds really good um no i like that that um keyword comparison to google i suppose it, it, google results will have something that narrows it down a bit so things like you know wordpress or plugin or something like that uh included in the name where searches on wp.org probably don't exactly and this is where alex's contextual. spreadsheet takes it because you know it, i would be or a user would be searching on the wordpress plugin directory for just instagram they wouldn't be putting instagram plugin into the wordpress plugin search mm -hmm. so alex's keyword takes the instagram keyword and then adds these variations to give it more wordpress context like you said that then mm -hmm. would be more representative of what people would be searching for in google because you're not going to be searching for for a wordpress plugin in google by just typing in instagram so yeah it, yeah, it sorts all that out for you, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah. I've just got a question for you actually on the functionality. I'm looking at um, plugin rank now, I'm looking at my plugin, I'm looking at my competitors. And when I click on a competitor, um, mm -hmm. is there a way to see a list of their keywords? You, uh, yes. I mean, the data kind of is there, but well, uh, hang on. Because what I'm seeing is the your their, keywords. my keywords on their plugin uh, to see where I am and where I compare. But it'd be interesting to know what my competitors' keywords are to yeah. see where they where they are in their positions as well. So if because I for all I know they my competitor my next competitor third competitor whatever it might be competitor that I want to get into the place of you know I'm in position three I want to be in position one they might have a keyword that I haven't thought of. So it might yeah, be quite a nice be. way as a as yeah. a first almost like a first iteration of suggestions. Yeah. So, yeah, the the data is there. I've just obviously haven't surfaced it properly, which is that's a good suggestion just to put that in there because yeah, when you click through to a competitor's plugin view, you're only seeing the keywords that you're tracking for them for. Um, but yeah, all that data is in the readme, all of that data is in the plugin rank and has been like plugin rank has it's this might be a headache down the line for me, but plugin rank has a massive database currently and it's grown considerably because it mm -hmm. tracks everyday positions. So it will track, um, you know, changes in positions every day, but it also tra track changes to the, the plugins readme. So every day you could see that actually like your competitor might have swapped out some tags because they see some importance over different things, or they might change their name. Like, you know, gone are the days of just having the plugin name as I don't know, in, integrate light. Like now you want to stuff your keywords into the title. Like, um, what's it? Um, WP User Manager is not just called WP User Manager, even though the slug is that. It's WP User Manager, User Profile Builder, and Membership, because that's another ranking factor. But those things change over time, and Plugin Rank will monitor those changes. So it has a huge database, it has all of that information being tracked daily. It's just now almost like a challenge for me to surface that data. But over time, I'll be able to say, right, look, your your competitors have changed their names, they've changed their tags, they've changed their, you know, sort of like chart that uh, over time. And then you can have insight to like, oh, that's worked for them. Because look, they made that change to their title then, and then their rankings bumped up. So this is what I need to do. Like, it's, it, it for me, it's like the challenge the initial challenge was getting all the data and tracking it, which is done. Now it's like surfacing that data and slicing and dicing it in such a way that it will be really useful and insightful. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to add a note to do to show the keywords that they that they've got as their tags, basically. Mm. And that was another yeah. question that that I'd have been wrangling with at the moment is because 
you, you can, it's it with a Google tool, you can say, right, like this is my um, site. What keywords do I rank for? And it kind of has all of that huge database of um, indexed Google results to then tell you what keywords you're ranking for or whatever. Plugin ranks slightly different because it will it has all the data around like the plugins that my customers are tracking and then competitors and then other people. But and so it can kind of like from a, a very simple point of view just say what other keywords that like you're not tracking for BNFW for example, but where what other keywords are you appearing in search results for? But it's not every keyword available that might be, you might be ranking for, but it's just in result sets that Plugin Rank knows about through other competitors or other people who have tracked some keywords, and you just pop up in like plug you know position fifty for that keyword. So I've got mm. that data as well, even though it's like it's a subset of potential keywords you rank for. Um, but again, like I could go and get loads of data based on plugin keywords that they have as tags and just see where you rank for. But it's not necessarily that um, that useful because when you don't have that search volume again, like is there any point, do we care about that if you're not, um, we don't know people are searching for it, you just might just appear. Like, And this is the other issue, the WordPress.org search algorithm is super weird in some ways because like you'll search for Instagram and WooCommerce is um, position 19 or whatever. And you're like, hang on, WooCommerce, not really an Instagram plugin. It's an e-commerce plugin, right? But mm -hmm. they might have like one Instagram add-on that's noted in the readme or just the sheer fact that it has a huge install base and a huge amount of support and reviews and stuff like that just means it's higher up the rankings. So. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the WordPress.org results need to be taken with a slight pinch of salt. So hopefully Plugin mm -hmm. Rank will um, make it easier to make decisions on what you should be doing and optimizing for. But yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny search engine. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I totally get that. I because I mentioned um, I, I haven't and don't intend to put email sending options like configuring SMTP or an SES or something like that into BNFW. Um, I would rather hand that off to a plugin that will do it better than mine and will cover your whole WordPress install. So I recommend Post SMTP. It used to be called Postman mm. SMTP, but then someone else took it over. Uh, Post SMTP. So I appear really highly in that because I mention it once or twice in my readme. And yeah. I don't see any harm in that. You know, if you're looking for a plugin that will do that, then I'm pleased that, you know, they show up and I show up and so on. So, um, yeah, I definitely get that. Am I right in thinking that it's all Elasticsearch? I'm sure I read an article about how it was all put together. It might have even been a Freemius article about how it's all yes. put together. Once. Yeah, that Freemius article is quite a bit, was a big inspiration in terms of, like, how to rank for th certain things. But it is an Elasticsearch... Um, installation i guess the the plugin api is i would imagine hugely cash hugely performant um mm -hmm. but yeah it's yeah it, it, all the codes actually all the majority of the code is on a track installation for the meta of wordpress.org the site so it's kind of public public mm -hmm. domain um so yeah a lot of the ranking factors are, are quite clear on there but it just okay. Because it is super strange, and the algorithm is isn't exactly as um, highly tuned as Google's. There's definitely oddities that I've seen um, that have made me realise that plugin rank is actually quite helpful. Um, we've talked about like if you're optimising your you, you readme for keywords and you want to track how you would you do you increase in positions for those keywords, like see the benefits of your your, your work. The, there's the, the flip side of that as well that plugin rank has like, identified to me whilst using it in like whilst I've been testing it is that like I pushed out a release of my Instagram plugin it was just a bug fix release tiny bug fix release I think I also bumped the 5.5 um, I'm not sure if I did that at the same time but anyway it was just a tiny bug fix no changes to the readme apart from the change log just said what bug it was and it was up to date pushed out the minor release of it and then the next day I dropped pretty much across all five of my keywords that I was tracking like an average of five six positions 
And right. like that was that was really struck me as strange. And I would never have known about that without plugin rank. But it was a case of like, well, hang on, what's going on here? Like, is is it the fact that like I've it takes into account the last update date, but also like it just then refreshes the rankings a bit more, and I've obviously got less support resolved or less res- reviews, less installs than other people, and it's suddenly just mm. like then refreshes the positions and just push me down and I'm like well now I know that I've actually gone down in the rankings and of course that could happen if your competitors are improving and you're then being pushed down because of that and so just knowing that like I've taken a nosedive may gave me the um, the impetus to go and like try and improve again and then try and build back up but again you're not yeah. going to know that you're you're dropping unless you're monitoring so yeah it's again a bit sales pitchy but like that that was a bit of a worry that like the algorithm can be so fickle that made mm-hmm. me just suddenly dive but yeah yeah no, it's interesting when it, it makes you wonder if that you know that that search or those keywords are heavily cached but you know instagram as a keyword i can't imagine that's a heavily cached i mean it's all heavily cached but i can't imagine it's one that doesn't get hit and updated quite often so yeah that is surprising that's very strange um yeah like you say yeah fickle yeah very mm. odd, but it'd be interesting to know what you learn about it uh, from the data that you collect over over time, over like the next year or something, and see. Yeah. What, you know, I imagine that the recommendations and the things that you can say to people, you know, from just looking at the data and how how it responds to a readme update or plugin update within a year will be invaluable to, mo- yeah. to many people. I think that's that is the the key thing, isn't it? Like it will be it, the data is just sitting there, getting bigger and the insights that will get be gained from it are huge just being able to like look at a certain plugin or a certain keyword see who who've moved and then you know like knowing because the data's there in the database to say this is the day the plugin ranks changed the positions changed but this is the day also they changed their, their readme because and they did this this and this or there because it has all the data around like support um tickets in the wordpress.org support forums how many are resolved the average rating the five star ratings the four star ratings all of that stuff so yeah i am kind of almost getting excited about the analysis that can be done and it's definitely mm-hmm. uh, going to be valuable you're right and to turn that into insights that are actionable insights will be i think a huge piece of the plugin rank puzzle definitely on that basis do you record when plugins have been updated as part of your like the the metrics of say i'm looking at my plugin can i see what dates and when i've updated and maybe even you know the times between them yeah definitely because every day it will like plugin rank will will go and fetch api data every day for keywords that customers and users are tracking and data around the plugin so it'll go and get a snapshot of the plugin data which is the readme data the amount of active installs, downloads, support um, numbers, when it was last updated. So I, I'm, this is a feature that I'm going to be adding hopefully quite soon is that you've got in plugin rank, you could, you've got your average keyword position. So you're tracking 10 plugins. And you, you know, if you're amazing and you're ranking really well, then your average is going to be two, three, four, whatever. But you've got this chart over a seven day or a 30 or a 90 day period of your average position. So you can sort of see how how you're doing it generally, but also adding another series of data to that chart, which is when your plugin has got updates. So you can kind of, and then being able to obviously see that for competitors is huge because you can see, look, that spike has happened there because they've released an update and that's their, that's your version 2.5 or whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah so I suppose marking that on that graph saying, you know, up, like in a different color or something, just to highlight exactly. it was an update day. That's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And like I presume at the moment you're not really trimming any data. You're just collecting it all so that you can expose bits of it as and when kind of features and ideas kind of come up. I suppose yeah. there might be a point in the future if you're, you know, providing that everything grows as it as you intend it to. We all say, well, that's a feature we never use, so we can just trim the database down to a, you know by a lot by removing that information. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, biggest question for me is data retention because at the moment I've kind of set an arbitrary three choices when you want to view a graph or view changes over time that that time interval is either like within seven days or the last seven days, the last 30 days or the last 90 days. And 
does any data beyond 90 days become important when you're looking at a history of like changes maybe it's it's if you've if you've made a load of improvements to your positions then it's almost like um egotistical to look back through a whole year's worth and go oh look i've done all this but actually is it valuable to you so mm. yeah and from a point of view of infrastructure if i'm collecting an infinite time from you know july whenever i did it um to now two years down the line that is a huge data set but if i potentially see and realize that 90 days is enough then i can keep it's almost like a rolling database and it keeps trimming it out and it will only get bigger the more users i get but it will still be it won't be like an infinite over time like a getting bigger and bigger all the time yeah so yeah i suppose you could have like this year versus last year um you know uh this year to date or something like that and they just they're just snapshots so you could just take one from the 1st of january 2019 you know the 31st of december 2019 and then just go oh sorry the 1st of january 2020 rather and just say this is you know overall you improved by or didn't or whatever or you change your keywords almost like give it a this was your year in plug-in rank kind of thing yeah just to yeah. get an idea because actually sometimes when especially if you're in a very competitive um and uh, very competitive. Uh, you've got a plugin that's very competitive for the keywords that you've got. So something like an SEO <clears throat> or a sitemap or an image plugin or you know an image cruncher, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes ninety days is is, is useful, obviously, because it gives you that huge amount of time to look at it all. But you might be kind of competing with yourself a bit. Where if you'd looked at say last year, go last year I was in position number two. And this year, I've been trying to sort of, you know, stay on top of like keeping my plug-in at the top of the rankings, but I'm in position five. But you don't notice that you've gone down because you've been in position five for the last 90 days. So you, whilst you might see one or two, um, you know, positions and increase and you might be excited about it, that's only over 90 days. Ultimately, compared to the previous year, you've dropped by, you know, two positions or whatever it might be so mm. sometimes i think it's quite helpful to have that and then that might lead you into a train of thought of well who are my competitors now have i missed somebody do they have different keywords what is the market doing are they looking for you know image cruncher or are they looking for image optimizer or you know whatever it might be so i think there's a there's kind of some uses there but i agree that not like google analytics where you can choose some arbitrary date in the past and go all the way up to now and say yeah you know, Google can do that because they have that data. They collect, that is their business. They collect data and then allow you to query it, you know, in whatever way it might be, you know, whether it be users, whether it be, you know, visiting your website, whether it be searches on their, you know, um, search engine, whether it be videos that have been uploaded to YouTube, you know, whatever it might be. So I don't think you need that, but I think having an idea of where you were and where you are now might be useful beyond 90 days i hope that makes sense yeah no it does and and it works from a point of database size as well because it can be it can be kind of like slimmed in between that time frame so yeah that makes yeah, sense. Uh, absolutely and uh, hopefully these are these are problems there'll be nice problems i'll have because you know the user base will increase and the size of the database will increase and i have to figure it out but yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes I just want to um, quickly whip back to something you said almost at the beginning of our conversation about plugin rank, and that was, you know, you're seeing people using it, so you feel like you can put the time into it. I'm always curious about that um, because there's lots of people that will build something, and unless they get immediate traction, and I mean immediate traction, you know, uh, they kind of just leave it. They're just they're mm. not interested in developing on it. Where I'm more of those people that think it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so it's if you keep plugging away at it, no pun intended, mm -hmm. then you will get there eventually. You know, things happen, and not that's not always the case. But if you just keep chipping away at the, your project, you keep advertising it, you keep doing stuff, you will see traction on something. And it could be anything. There are so many. I mean, your your thread yesterday on Twitter about you know um, WP Rocket, for example, they might have said, well, "Why why should we do a caching plugin? There are two enormous caching plugins. What difference can we make?" And they're enormous, you know. Yeah. So there's always room for competition. So I'm curious at where you would personally draw the line for a project and say, 
it really hasn't got anywhere. Is it three weeks? Is it six months? Is it two years? Yeah, I think it, it depends on the mindset of of why that product's come about. Because I know people are building building plug building products for the sake of it because they want to have a product that's working and and making you know x thousand a month in you know recurring revenue and if that is the case i think you need to perhaps have a scattergun approach to building things and then be very strict with like mm, this hasn't taken off because there's no market fit here perhaps potentially like you need to be analyzing the issues early mm -hmm. and then you can move move along to the next thing or concentrate your efforts elsewhere but i think i mean personally for plugin rank because it's you know, as I said, it's that scratching your own itch. It's going to do me, it's going to help me with my own plugins. Mm -hmm. And it's almost a bit of a passion project because I love data. I love slicing and dicing data, querying data. Um, and it's also the first Laravel app that I've actually built, put together and seen all the way through to officially launching and getting other users using it. And now it's actually making money. That's like a bucket list goal ticked off in terms of like app development web app development nice. but it, it it's still fun and i like it hacking away on that considering the the rest of my development time is mainly wordpress related things so being able to work within a, a laravel and a vue.js world is quite nice so it is i'm not going to be putting any hard and fast limitations to like okay if it's not made x amount per month by you know the end of the year then i'm going to can it because it's still useful and it's still like and and yeah, it it will perhaps pick up over time. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's it is difficult though. But I think because it's a side gig, it's it's okay just to leave it running. And I'll be putting in time and effort. I think as and when I get feedback from people, like for example, I've had, um, you know, a number of people sign up, and a number of people stop using it because after a while they've realized that they need this or they it needs this or whatever and, and they've churned and I've got feedback from them and like I will know that I need to add those features to kind of make it more um, more attractive to people to use and pay for so mm -hmm. there's plenty of work to be done and there's plenty of sort of stuff for me to to add to it and I think that there's just that I don't know it's just it's nicer to work on than to, than other things and I guess it's still going to be that distraction <laughs> it was when it first started, but yeah, yeah, always, yeah. But that's good. I, I mean, I always think if there's, if it's a good distraction, then that distraction should um, take the place of something that's a bad distraction in some way. So w whatever that may look like, whether it's a project that isn't really getting very far and you want to leave it instead in, of you know and do this one instead, or whether it's scrolling instagram you know whatever it might be then you know it's it's a good thing if you enjoy it that's a that's a good thing and that usually means that it will be here around for a long time um you know even if you're not making money on it because it's you enjoy it and that's a yeah. that's a that's a good feeling i like i totally get that what you mean about hacking away on stuff i i sort of feel similarly to um my new plugin because a lot of the work I do, most of the work I do is theme based. So to do something plugin related, whilst not such a juxtaposition as yours between WordPress and Laravel, um, it is really nice to do something a bit different and get stuck into something else. So yeah, yeah I, to I totally get that. And it's all learning, right? Because the if you slightly step outside your comfort zone between, like like you just said, building a plugin and hacking away on that when it's not something you've you've been focusing all your time on before. And the similarly with the Laravel stuff, it's le I've learned a ton about app development, but I'm also learning, you know, like how to run a SaaS business on the side when it's not just a case of building something, putting the code together and releasing it. There's so much more to it like that. And like we talked about with product, plug-in products, like launching them, releasing them, the marketing, the documentation, the outreach, the kind of the content marketing all of that stuff needs to be done and i'm learning a ton when it comes to the the app um and dealing with things differently than i would do with a plugin um so yeah it's all valuable and either even if it doesn't you know it's not going to suddenly allow me to retire kind of thing but it's all learning and it's all part of the journey yeah absolutely 
No, it's brilliant. Well, I think you've made something really helpful, um, Ian, I have to say. And, I, you know, I've already enjoyed using it. And um, I've been letting the data collect a little bit from my end before I start doing something about it and uh, turning my attention back to developing BNFW, you know, after I've released my uh, my other plugin. But I, I'm delighted with it and I'm going to have a bit more of a play with it um, this coming week. So, yeah, well done. And um, Thanks, I hope man. it continues to do well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, sorry to totally... Uh, monopolize a large episode in in terms of talking about it but it's nice to finally properly talk about it and and have it out there so yeah thanks for letting me talk about it Jack. yeah no worries no i really enjoyed it it was really interesting to hear about it and and especially you know how you deal with you know wordpress and a bit around the search around that and then the stuff from the google thing and everything as well it, it it's all interesting it's all very interesting yeah and um yeah if you if you're listening and you haven't checked out plugin rank definitely go and have a look pluginrank.com and um yeah really really good nice well it's been lovely talking to you again jack and obviously a bit of a, a little bit of a hiatus so hopefully we'll be we'll be get back to our sort of regular recording schedule and i think we've got a couple of guests lined up in the near future so that's good um if you do enjoy listening to pressing matters please do um, drop us a review we're pressingmatters.fm forward slash review and do you know leave us any comments hit us up on twitter um anything that you do want to listen to or you found interesting or just any comments it'd be great to get sort of more dialogue going on twitter around the things we're talking about um but yeah as always jack it's been a pleasure mate and catch you next time yeah take it easy speak soon